Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free whilst lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, once again, today we are going to be talking about mixing this world of investments and taxes, and I'm going to be talking about what I feel for small practice owners and 1099 physicians is the biggest possible tax deduction that you can help create for yourself. Um, If you are an employed physician and you are W-2, you're part of a hospital system, um, this would be a good episode to listen to if you're ever interested in going out on your own. Over the years, you know, we've, we've had a lot of tax strategies that we've discussed. The, um, we've certainly, you have things like 401ks and you have things like um, 457 deferred compensation plans or uh, 401a plans that many physicians are eligible for, all of which give you great tax deductions. You take it right off of your paycheck. And most people are familiar with a lot of these things. Um, what is becoming more well-known but isn't as common are things called defined benefit plans. So there are two basic kinds of retirement vehicles today. Defined contribution plans, which under that umbrella is 401ks, 403bs, 457 deferred compensation plans, uh, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, all of those things fall under that umbrella of a defined contribution plan. Defined contribution plans usually are primarily driven by the employee. The employee takes part of their salary, they put money into it, maybe the employer matches, maybe they don't, maybe an employer can do some profit sharing, maybe they don't into the plan, and um, it ends up growing, hopefully, Um, but it's really, at the end of the day, the defined contribution is defined by the contribution, in most cases, by the employee. A defined benefit plan, that umbrella, includes things like pension plans, cash balance plans, plans that traditionally produce a lifetime income towards their um, participants. So for example, my father-in-law, he was a firefighter. There's a state pension in the state of Washington called LEF. That LEF plan pays an income for the rest of his life. Um, As a matter of fact, both he and the state contributed into that plan. Many um, pension plans, you know, traditionally through a company like Boeing or General Motors or um, those kinds of places would provide a pension to their employees. This is far less common in the physician world, but you do see it every now and then, particularly for small practices or 
Um, I have clients that work for Kaiser. Um, they have a pension. Uh, clients that I have in, in Kaiser in, in Oregon and California have separate pension plans. Those are defined benefit plans. Now, if you are a small practice owner, which I would define as less than 10 employees, if you are a 1099 physician doing locums, maybe you're doing locums through our kind sponsor, Locum Story, that sponsored some episodes in May are doing more episodes that they're sponsoring here in August. Um, locum story and places like that, you end up working on 1099, meaning that you are an independent contractor. Did you know that if you are an independent contractor or a small practice owner, that you could set up your own pension plan, most commonly uh, as an official defined benefit plan or as a cash balance plan? And the, the differences between those two, I'm not going to get into today, but I just want to talk about the pros and cons, the, um, the benefits and detraction of setting up such a plan. Now, the reason why I titled this episode the biggest tax deduction for small practice owners and 1099 physicians is because this is huge. Um, typically in a 401k, if you look at the IRS limits for a defined contribution plan. So uh, let's say you have you are a 1099 physician that's doing locums. Um, the defined contribution plan limits, like let's say you set up your own owner-only 401k, which a lot of folks do, and let's say you are happy with getting a tax deduction of 30 grand. Maybe you put in there about $20,000 of a salary deferral because you have a subchapter S corporation, you pay yourself a salary, and then you do another 25% of your salary on top of that. So let's say that that was, uh, or another, another uh, 5%. Let's say that your, your, um, your W-2 you're paying yourself is 100 grand out of your $250,000 of profits. Your um, $100,000, you sock away $20,000 out of a salary deferral. Then you pay yourself another 10% profit share um, on top of that. So um, $10,000 plus the $20,000 $20, gets you to $30,000. The limit of what you can do in a defined contribution plan, like a 401k between employer and employee, in 2022 is $61,000. That's why we talked about the super backdoor Roth in episode 17. We talked about the super backdoor Roth. The same is true here, where you can contribute up to 61,000 between employer and employee. So if we use that same example of um, physician pays themselves, uh, does a salary deferral, um, let's say um, they could do, let's say they pay themselves, let's say they made $400,000 in, in 1099 income. And of that 400000 their salary is 250000 So $250,000 salary, they still do the, the maximum deferral, let's call it $20,000, which means they have another $41,000 they could do in profit sharing. $41,000 divided by... $250,000 gives us 16%, which is still below the 25%. So they couldn't do the full 25% profit share. The most they could do is 16.4% to max out 
the 61 grand. Um, maybe they've even, um, maybe they, they do some, not only are they 1099ing as locums, maybe they also do expert witnessing. And so in addition to that $400,000, they have another $400,000 of income. So now they have $800,000 of income coming their way. Maybe they are, are really smart and add on their spouse as an employee, and they're able to sock away another 20,000 bucks. Well, now they've gotten tax deductible bucks of $80,000. But it's like, dang, we're maxed out. That's all we can do in a defined contribution plan. This is where a pension plan, a defined benefit plan, comes in. So not only can you contribute to a 401k, but you can also contribute to essentially creating a pension plan through your, for yourself. So um, what happens is you hire a third-party administrator who will help to calculate how much you can put in. And they will end up giving you a range of contributions. The range of contributions will often show minimum, suggested, and maximum. Let's say we're using that scenario of someone that's making 400 grand a year. They pay themselves a W-2 wage of 150,000 bucks. Perhaps in year one, um, they're able to put in $100,000 which is way more they can do in a defined contribution plan. And they do the DC on top of that, uh, which you can't do the full 25% now, but you could still sock away, you know, another 30 or 40 or thousand bucks pretty easily in a defined contribution plan. And now for a commercial break. Have you ever seen that ING commercial that has a bunch of people walking around with random numbers hanging over their head? Like one has 700,581,000 floating over their head. Another has 2,348,000 over there. And then another person is carrying this number, big old number, $1,438,921. And this can be so confusing. What is the difference between one or the other? How can they be so different? And it begs this question, What is my number? What does it take for me to retire? Well, if you've been wondering that, my friends, I put together this little ebook that's about 20 pages long, so quick, easy to read, called What's My Number? And it walks you through enough scenarios to try and help you answer that question and give you some feedback and thoughts in terms of, do we have enough money? You don't want to be that physician that has to go back to work after being retired. So if you want to grab this report, we would love to make it available to you. Please give us a call at 612-284-2409, and we'd be happy to email that What's My Number report to you. Again, give us a call, 612-284-2409, and we can send the What's My Number report to you. And now, back to the show. Um, Now, a year goes on, and the third-party administrator will say, okay, what were your values in your plan? So how did the plan do? If the plan went down in assets, that's going to allow you to contribute more money. So in a bad year, a bear market like we're having in 2022, 
um, you can end up contributing more. Um, you are a year older now. You're a year older. You can contribute more into a defined benefit plan. If you um, now have paid yourself a slightly higher W-2, you can increase it. If you add on a spouse as an employee, you can add more money to a defined benefit plan. So really those main three factors of how long has the plan been around? How has it done? How old are you? And how much are you paying yourself are the three main levers that are determining how much you can put in a plan like this. And so uh, a physician that's 30 is gonna put it, be able to put in less than a physician that's 50. A physician that has W-2 income that they're paying themselves of $100,000 is gonna be able to put in less than a physician that's paying themselves $200,000. Now there are caps. So for example, the highest um, in 2021 of a defined um, benefit plan um, limit was like um, $230,000 annual compensation to determine the max was 290. So you wouldn't want to pay yourself a wage higher than $290,000 because now you can't put any more money into the plan. Um, there might be other reasons with the IRS you might want to do that, but in most cases that would be pretty, pretty unlikely that you would want to max out your salary like that because otherwise you're paying more FICA taxes. So I've found every year a plan goes on that the contribution range gets larger and larger and larger. So for example, I have a client that uh, is a son of a physician, but not, not a physician, and he started a, a solar business. And he's now had a defined benefit plan for about six years. Year one, he paid himself like 150,000 bucks and he was able to put in like $125,000 into the plan. Um, he added on his wife into the plan. They were starting to be able to do like $300,000 a year. And the range, um, because he started to max it out, became like zero for the minimum. He didn't have to put anything in, but in year one, it was like 80 grand. Um, year two, it became like zero to $700,000. Year, year um, six now, it's like zero all the way up to like a million and a half dollars he could put into the plan, all tax deductible. And so um, because he's, he's maxed it out, because his wife is on it, um, they've really increased the amount of contribution that she's working in the company as well. And they pay her a wage, not as much as he's getting paid, but they pay her a wage too, so they can take advantage of the contributions. Now, the, um, the tax deductions obviously are huge that you've seen with an example of this client. Uh, the more money you're making, the, the bigger it is. And I believe that it's not a good fit for everybody. And here's why. If you have a bad year and you've been doing the minimum or the suggested contribution, in order to keep up with it, the plan's going to require you to put in a certain minimum amount of money. This is the problem that the USPS has gotten into with um, their pension plan. They're being required to put more and more money into it because it hasn't performed the way it was supposed to, because the employees have gotten older, 
and um, all of those, those various reasons. And if you're thinking of retiring really soon, you're making a multi-year commitment to this thing. You can't just do one year and be done with it. So you're making a commitment to putting money into this plan every year. Another con being that you are hiring a third-party administrator and actuaries to crunch all these numbers. So this is not cheap. You know, if you're looking to do $20,000 or $30,000 into a plan, this doesn't make sense for you because you're going to have to pay the third-party administrator a minimum of $2,000, if not $3,000 for crunching the numbers, keeping up with IRS compliance, doing top-heavy testing, all that kind of stuff. It may also may not be a good fit for you if you have a bunch of long-term tenured employees. You know, if you have uh, a, a practice of 10 and you've had people with you for like 15 years, you're going to have to put money into the plan for them as well as for you. Meanwhile, if you're having a lot of turnover in your practice and most of your people are, are only with you a couple of years, maybe you only have one or two employees outside of yourself, this could be a fabulous fit for you. So you do have to be aware of what you have to do for others as well as for yourself. There's all kinds of interesting tweaks and twists on this, like a, a carve-out defined um, benefit plan where you do a little bit more for employees in a defined contribution plan and only in, in owners and highly compensated employees participate in a defined benefit plan. So there's a lot of twists and turns and ways that you could do this. Really, it all comes down to, do you need or are you looking for a really large tax deduction? If the answer is yes, and you have, you're an independent contractor, you're a small practice owner, then this is something you should look into. It may be a good fit for you. It may not be a good fit for you. But if you um, certainly are a consultant, if you are a locums physician, uh, and you're making really good coin and you need the tax deduction, definitely consider this stuff. So that that's the basics. Um, we could get into a lot of more scenarios and uh, what happens with it. Um, keep in mind the basics of the defined contribution plan versus the defined benefit plan being that the defined benefit plan that um, there's not the same rules that one year you can do zero, the next year you could do $20,000. It really depends on how you are funding the defined benefit plan. So a defined contribution plan like a 401k is far more flexible, but you don't get the big tax deductions that you do in the defined benefit plans. So I hope that's helpful for you. I hope that that's maybe eye-opening in terms of the kind of things that you can do and the big tax deductions that you could get. If you want to explore if this is right for you or you want to send someone my way that you think it might be a good way for them, please feel free to text us or give us a call at 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. Remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice 
with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.